Welcome to Christ Church. The following is a homily from our Sunday morning gathering in Tulsa, Oklahoma. Enjoy. And then the Grinch puzzled and puzzled some more. The Grinch puzzled till his puzzler was sore. The Grinch thought of something he hadn't before. What if Christmas means so much more? What if Christmas doesn't come from a store? The name of God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. What do you do when you're scared? What brings you comfort when you just don't feel well? Over the last 18 months, sociologists have explored why it is that TV shows like Friends and The Office found a resurgence during the pandemic. They think that it is something that we need intuitively to feel some stability and have something that we recognize that brings comfort. Then in a world that is constantly changing, we need something that we can trust think as a parent, uh, sometimes um, one of my children comes out of bed and, and it's time for them to be asleep, but they come out and, and they say, um, I, I, I need something. I, I, I can't find my stuffed animal. So you go and you find the stuffed animal and, and, and put it, okay, now, now go to bed. And then they come out and they said, I'm, I'm thirsty. So you go and you give them something to drink. And then you put them back to bed. And then they come out and they say, you know, I'm hungry. So you give them a snack and then they go back to bed. And then they come back out, and finally you're, they're like, it's too dark in the room. And you're like, okay, well, here, let me turn the light on in the closet, crack the door open just a little bit so it's not too bright, but not too dark. Now will you go to sleep? And then a little bit later, they come back out, and they're like, I still can't sleep. What? What is it? What is it that you need? And invariably, one of them will say, can you lie down with me for just a little bit? For many of us, that proximity to another person is critical to our own feeling of being safe. And that is what we are celebrating today, is that God has come so close to us in Jesus Christ. That God is that ultimate proximity that we are searching for, and sometimes we just don't know it. Margaret Wint, a columnist in The Globe in London, a few years ago wrote how she had lost her faith as a teenager. But one Christmas, she found herself back to church. On an impulse, she writes, I knelt at the altar for communion and I received the host and I drank the wine. The congregation prayed the words of the Lord's Prayer and the choir sang, Silent Night. I didn't believe a word of it, she said. Not a single word, but it did not matter. I was so affected by it, I could hardly speak. Maybe that's you today. Maybe the past two years of a pandemic and political turmoil, economic uncertainty has led you to a place where you need something that you can trust that the false assurances of the world will not deliver. Maybe you're looking for the proximity of God. 
Maybe you're looking to believe or at least have a sign or a taste that there is something that is bigger than ourselves that we can trust when the things that we trust fail us. This is sort of what Luke is trying to tell us at the beginning of the story. Luke tells us not once but four times that a registration was occurring for all the people to be taxed. The emperor who was a symbol of violence and power and abuse and it was in those moments that God became human in Jesus Christ, that God became flesh, God became proximity. Luke is reminding us that the emperors of the world do not have the final say that God does. That like a parent who lies down with a child who's afraid to go to sleep, God breaks into our world as the divine comforter, entering our deepest fears and uncertainties and sadnesses to say, I am with you. You do not walk alone. There are profound implications for us if God truly became human. It means that there are no throwaway people, that nobody is beyond redemption. So often in our divided world, we sit there and go, gosh, I really wish I could get rid of that person. Maybe it's because of their politics. Maybe it's the religion. Maybe it's the things they post on social media. Maybe they just have different priorities than we do. And yet, and yet, as the letter to Titus reminds us, the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation to all. If the Christmas story is not true, if God did not become human in the person of Jesus Christ, then it means that God is in fact all those things that we sometimes suspect. A far off and distant God, a God that is indifferent to suffering and injustice, that has no care about our daily lives and impotent to change things and basically being a boring and irrelevant God. Sometimes we want a safe God, one that we can keep at safe distance, that we can just call when we need something. But the incarnation of God in Jesus Christ smashes that notion that God is willing to be far off and distant. In Luke's gospel at Jesus' birth, the angels break forth in the night to the shepherds and say, do not be afraid. And it's the same words that they give to the women who have come to the tomb at his resurrection. Do not be afraid. And yet our lives are oftentimes filled with fear. Sometimes we have FOMO, fear of missing out. Sometimes we fear that we don't quite measure up. Thank you, Instagram. Maybe we fear aging and dying, or we might fear that we are considered by a failure by our neighbors, our families, and our friends. And think about how the tools that we have at our disposal oftentimes reinforce the idea that we are not complete. Read a recent story about a a woman's um, relationship with her fitness tractor that her employer gave her that was going to encourage her to get more steps in. She'd always been active. She'd always been one who, who, who was doing things and on the go. 
when she first started wearing it, she goes, wow, this is new and interesting. But after a few months, she says, the fitness tracker became something that she measured success and failure by. Walking no longer was something that brought her pleasure. It was the standard, could I beat last week's goal? Instead of noticing the changing sky, she says, or running her hands along moss-covered trails, she worried her heart wasn't high enough. When she woke up, her first thought was, will I get enough steps in today? I tried to pretend it wasn't there and let it do its data tracking without thinking about it, but that became increasingly difficult. She found herself wishing she could just go for a walk without a device measuring her progress, and one day she had enough. She took it off. She threw it into the bathroom trash. Years after throwing it away, she says, my activity level hasn't declined. I tortured myself for eight months because I thought it was what we were supposed to do, or it was so good to have all that data tracking us. And think about how we often apply those same images to God, that God is like this data tracker that we carry along with us. How many times have you prayed? How many times did you cuss at somebody? How many times did you do something that you're going to regret? All the religious systems of the world feed upon this fear of the data tracker God. Whether it's the religious systems of politics the economic markets, or even religious traditions, there's this constant fear that we are not enough. Whether it's the eightfold path or the five pillars or even the Ten Commandments taken in isolation, all of those things fundamentally tell us one thing, that we have to work for God, that we have to perform and we have to behave and we earn our way back to God. Because God is distant and God is detached from us, so we have to claw our way to God. And the miracle of the incarnation says that God comes to us. It is not the other way around. Christianity, in that sense, in a proper sense, is not a religion. Because we do not believe that there is anything that we can do to add or subtract for God's love for us. In these times of uncertainty and fear, in the midst of a resurging pandemic that we thought was behind us, we need a God who is not abstract, but a God who is specific in Jesus. The ancient stories of the gods portray gods much like superhero characters and stories that we love. Humans, but with magical powers. But no, God was not a human with magical powers. God was born as a humble servant. God showed up in an ordinary and unremarkable way, which means that our standing in the outside world means nothing in the community. Paul makes this clear in his letter to the church. Don't think yourself so highly. Humble yourself like God humbled himself. Bishop Jenny Anderson in a Christmas sermon says, if the heavens were ripped open that first Christmas night and a newborn's baby cry did pierce the night sky, then we can all live with an irrepressible hope. We know that one day that there will be a day without decay, sin, disease, and injustice will be wiped away. 
that whatever problems that we are weighed down by in life, we know that eventually, eventually the long arc of history bends towards God's love and redemption, that God is for us, Emmanuel with us. Today is a holy day where the air is crackling with life and hope, and God has put skin in the game. God has proximity to us. God has become human in Jesus. The ideal has permeated the real and is transforming us one person at a time into God's likeness. The world is destined for joy sooner or later. And today we hear the opening notes of the soaring symphony of the greatest love story that has ever been told. Amen. Amen.